come now to a complex and difficult part of John chapter 5. We're looking at this part which deals with judgment and also the raising of the dead in two different times and two different places. And in order to unravel that, we may have to have a look at the book of Revelation to assist us. Let me read to you from John chapter 5 and verse 24. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. And I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Now, I say this is a complex passage because it's really a description of two quite separate events, and both of them have elements which are seemingly in common in the way in which they are put together. The first event is described in verses 24 to 27, and the second event in verse 28 to 30. And you can distinguish between the two quite easily and pick out these two events, because in one event it says that this event has now come, and the other event is still left for the future. So let's take it step by step and unravel these two events and see them in contrast with each other and see how they connect with the book of Revelation, also written by John. So he starts off, this is Jesus speaking. He's in the middle of his discourse talking to the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, the teachers of the law, who have judged him. And this is the context of all of this. They've judged Jesus as inadequate and as ungodly and someone who is far from God. Why? Because he healed a man at the pool of Bethesda and he told that man to pick up his mat and walk. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees say, here, is proof that you are not of God. We judge you to be a sinner. Why? Because you break the Sabbath law and because you encourage other people to break the same law. We judge you as not godly or the son of God, quite the contrary. You're the son of Satan. You're the son of someone who is um, has the law in contempt and you hold the law in contempt yourself. And that is how we know that you are not from God. That's our judgment. Now, that's the context here. 
And Jesus is responding to this and turning the tables and pointing out that far from them being the judge of him, he is their judge. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life. Now, again, this very strong aver, averring, the, the assertion, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. I'm not making it up. And this is something that you need to take seriously and to believe. When Jesus speaks in these terms, I tell you the truth, there is no room for doubt here. There's no qualification. And what's he saying? He says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. Remember, the context here is the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jews have condemned Jesus for his actions on breaking the Sabbath. And he now says that actually I am the one who judges and if you believe in me and trust to what I say and do, then you will not be condemned. No one is condemned who believes and trusts in me. And if you hear my word and believe him who sent me, that's God the Father, then you will not be condemned. Rather, you have eternal life. Rather, you will have crossed over from death to life. This term, has eternal life, is the perfect tense. It's already in your possession. It's something which you already own. It's not something that will be given to you in the future, like the gift of eternal life will be given later on, maybe at the rising of the final judgment, but rather it's something which you have in your possession now. If you believe in me, you have eternal life and will not be condemned because you have crossed over from death to life. In other words, from the very moment of your believing and trusting and putting your faith in me, says Jesus, you've crossed over from death to life at that point. Now that's quite an astonishing statement because you're saying that your eternal destiny, your eternal hope has switched from one state to another. You're no longer in the realm of the dead. You're in the realm of the living. You're no longer in the realm of the condemned. You're in the realm of those who are justified at the point at which you believe. Not in the future, but here and now. And this, he says, I tell you the truth. Again, this strong um, asseveration. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come. It's interesting the way you put it like that. A time is coming. In other words, it's a time which has been foretold and a time which has been expected, a time which has been prophesied throughout the Old Testament, a time which we were looking forward to. A time is coming. Everyone has been looking for the forward to that time. But, and here's the capstone to the argument, 
a time which has now come. A time is coming and has now come when, when what? When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now, many people confuse this passage. They think this is to do with the resurrection and the future life. But in reality, it cannot be that. It has to be the time when the dead who hear the voice of the Son of God move from being dead to being alive. We're talking about spiritual move of from spiritual death to spiritual life, moving from being condemned to being justified. And that time has now come, says Jesus. How has it come? It's come with the coming of Christ. It's here and now. The kingdom of God is proclaimed and people make forceful entry into it, he said elsewhere. So this time is here and now. It's a time when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. How can, they, how can the dead hear that? You have to understand what he means by dead here. Jesus speaks in metaphors. We've seen that very often. He's talking about the spiritually dead. He's talking about those who have no spiritual life in them, who have not crossed over from death to life. The dead are those people who Jesus referred to in another place when someone came up to him and said, I'd like to follow you, Jesus, but let me first go and bury my father. And his reply to that man was, let the dead bury their dead. You come and follow me. Now, how can the dead bury their dead? It's a paradoxical affronting kind of phrase because clearly the dead can't bear the dead but if you think of it literally but you have to think metaphorically here you're thinking at a higher level and the dead who bury the dead are those who are spiritually dead let those who have no spiritual enlightenment no recognition of spiritual truth let them who have a lesser task to do go and bury their dead, but you come and follow me, because if you're spiritually alive, then you're not one of the dead. So Jesus uses this term, the dead, to refer to all those who don't recognise the truth, who don't hold to spiritual things, who have no spiritual life about them, and who live purely on an earthly level. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live for and live live in the sense of eternal life because as the father has life in himself now we think of god as self-existent god if he has any property at all as being god not only is it self-existent but it is the life that he has which is his own life which is self-existent he has life in and of himself. We don't have life in and of ourselves because life is given to us to start with and life is taken away at the end. We have a finite existence. We have a, a slender purchase on life. But God has life in and of himself and we take that for granted that God is from eternal to eternal, from alpha to omega, from the beginning to the end. He exists and always will exist. 
he has life in himself, and so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Now, that's an incredible claim. That's an astonishingly amazing claim that uh, the person who stands in front of you says, Jesus is the person who has the same quality and eternity of life that God himself has. That's the amazing statement here. So just as the Father has life in and of himself, so the Son has life in and of himself. Jesus, again, tying himself tightly to God the Father, what the God the Father has, Jesus Christ has. What God the Father's purpose is, Jesus Christ's purpose is. What God the Father's work is, Jesus Christ's work is. What God the Father judges, Jesus Christ judges. They are as one. There's nothing that you can put between them here. His identification and close association with the Father, can, you cannot put anything between it. This is the, I say, the amazing statement that an ordinary human being makes about himself as being equivalent, absolutely equivalent in every respect, even in respect of the life that he lives, to God himself. I say, I don't think anyone has ever made any such claim as that anywhere else at any time. And he has given authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Remember the context. The Pharisees have judged Jesus and found him sinful and wanting. But Jesus says, on the contrary, we all know that the only judge is God the Father. He will the one who will come to judge the living and the dead at the end of time. He will raise up the dead and he will judge every single person. So we think of God the Father as the judge of all on the great day of judgment. And Jesus says he has given him, that's himself, authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. And all of this is the context of judgment. This is something which really Jesus has pinned down precisely. You think you are judging me and you are in no position to do that because the Father who is the judge of all has given me the authority to judge and I judge you as inadequate. Why? Because you have not believed in the one whom he has sent. It's an astonishing, powerful argument. And that, uh, that argument applies to those who are alive here and now. It has, a time is coming and a time has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Let me draw to your attention Revelation chapter 20. Because here I would say there is a parallel passage. Um, the two passages here are um, the, the judgment that has taken place here and now and the judgment in the future. And we find the same two events described in Revelation 20. Let me talk about uh, Revelation 20 
um, verses 4 to 6. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who are part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Now I acknowledge this is a complicated passage and we really need to deal with it in the context of Revelation itself and full that. But for those who have ears to hear, let me just make that as plain as I can, that this passage here is talking about not the future rising to condemnation, but it's talking about the first resurrection, by implication, not the second resurrection. The first resurrection, I would maintain, is exactly what Jesus Christ is talking about here in John 5. It's the being born again resurrection. It's being born for a second time. It's being born um, from death into life. It's a mirror of the passage where he says, a time is coming uh, and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That is the first resurrection. They come to life and reign with Christ a thousand years, the thousand years being the age of the church, the thousand years being the thousand years that we are now in at this present time, the time from Christ's first coming to his second coming. And the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. We're talking then about the general resurrection of the dead. And this is the first resurrection. Bless you, those, or another name for the first resurrection, is being born again. Um, or as Jesus put it, um, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That's the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. That's another words of saying they are not condemned. Um, they are... Um, they will not be condemned. They've crossed over from death to life. That's what he means by saying the second death has no power over them. But they'll be priests of God and will reign with him for a thousand years. In other words, all those people who believe and trust in Christ, all those people brought to Christ during the age of the growth of the church are those who've passed from death to life and who are um, holy in his sight. But let's move on, because now we have the second part of this passage, which takes us to a different time, a different place, a different age. He said, do not be amazed at this. And it's an amazing thing, of course, as we've already said, it is an amazing thing that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and will uh, those who hear will live. That's the coming of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, which Jesus brings in at his first coming. But there is the final uh, resurrection. 
And he talks about that here and now. Verse 28. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice. Notice he doesn't say a time is coming and has now come. He simply says a time is coming. This is somewhat off in the future. This is at an undetermined place and time. When all who are in their graves, not the dead this time, but those who are in their grave. When he refers to the dead, he didn't mean those who are in their graves. There's a contrast between the dead and those who are in their graves. The dead, he referred to earlier, are the spiritually dead, who come alive, spiritually alive, on hearing Jesus Christ. But there are those who are in their graves, that's the physically dead, actually physically in a grave, will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. So we're now transported here to the great day of judgment, sometime off in the future, we know not when. But here is another place of judgment, and judgment runs through this passage. Jesus judges those who do not believe in him and finds them wanting. And those who do believe in him, he uh, brings them life. They pass over from death to life. But here in the future, and if you're amazed at that, then don't be amazed because in the future, something even more amazing will take place. The final judgment, the real judgment, the judgment of all things will come about in the, that time. And the dead will come out of their graves. Those who will have done good will rise to live and those who've done evil will rise to be condemned. And that also is paralleled by the second passage in Revelation. Let me read to you again from Revelation chapter 20. But this time I'm going to talk about verse 11 onwards to verse 15. This is where, entitled, The Dead Are Judged. And then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. And then death and Hades were... That overshadows and uh, supersedes the book of deeds, because whatever who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. The Bible points out to us that the judge in... <laughs>